Hi everyone, it's Howard Schweitzer from Cozen O'Connor Public Strategies, and I'm here with my colleague Jim Davis, who is our um, director of our Pennsylvania practice. Jim, welcome to the Pennsylvania Politics edition of the Beltway Briefing. Thank you, Howard. And it's ironic that it's called the Beltway Briefing because uh, I learned this morning that there's a Scranton Beltway project. Jim is a Scranton guy, so I, I feel like it's on brand, Jim, to have a Beltway briefing about Pennsylvania politics. It's a proposed Beltway. Okay, We'll Got see it. if it actually becomes Got a reality. Okay. Well, we wanted to use this time to get an update on uh, key races in Pennsylvania, governors up for re-election, lots of key um, races on the congressional level, um, but also to talk about what's happening in um, Pennsylvania these days uh, so our listeners can can get a sense of where things are going on a legislative level, what's, what's moving the needle in Harrisburg. But let's start on the political level. Talk to us about the key races in Pennsylvania this November. Well, I'm happy to be with you, as always. Um, you know, the, the governor's race is the key race. Um, you have Senator Scott Wagner, who has taken a leave from that position to be the challenger against the governor. Um, you know, the polling has, has said the governor has a double-digit lead at this time. I'm sure those numbers will tighten up. Um, issues will, I'm sure, determine which way the, uh, the needle goes. Uh, Senator Wagner has had some recent mishaps um, in, in public forums where he has called a young woman young and naive. He, he paid the price for that one. Uh, he recently um, kind of skirted a question on same-sex marriage and whether or not he would rescind some of the benefits that are allowed to uh, those individuals who are, are um, again, married in, in that capacity. Um, so he's, he's kind of stumbled upon himself a couple times, which I think doesn't, uh, doesn't help his case. Um, but, you know, it's, he's, been, he's been characterized as Trump light um, going into the election. It will be interesting to see if he's able to um, ride that momentum that, that Trump was able to carry in Pennsylvania. Um, but there is the question... Is there some Trump fatigue, not only in Pennsylvania but nationally, and will that negatively impact um, will that negatively impact Scott Wagner's chances? What do you think? What, what's your take on that? Well, you have um, Bob Casey up for re-election against Lou Barletta, so there's going to be a lot of Democratic money poured into the state, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of Republican money. Um, so the midterm national outcome will probably be similar to, or, or, or vice versa. The Pennsylvania outcomes will probably um, replicate itself nationally. And I, I think it's a hard, hard task for, or tall task, I should say, for Governor Wolf to, uh, to not be reelected. I, I think he hasn't done anything uh, wrong that would, um, would lead me to believe that he should be voted out, which is, I think, the better way to look at it. I mean, it, it's interesting to me because, look, the president obviously has some baggage. His Disapproval ratings remain sky high. Um, yesterday was not a good day for him on, on a lot of levels. Um, but uh, we, ha we also have to remember he won Pennsylvania by a sliver. I mean, he didn't, it's not like he ran away with the state. Now, he was expected to lose the state and he won the state, so he, he outperformed certainly by a wide margin. But look, he, it's not like Pennsylvania went overwhelmingly for Trump, and I, I think it's pretty astounding 
to look at Bob Casey's race, for example, um, there, a year ago, we all thought he was in for the fight of his life, and he appears to be safely cruising to, to re-election. So I, I think some of that has to be, it has to be Trump fatigue um, or, or, or more. Well, and, and I, I think Trump being elected um, gave Bob Casey the platform that he desperately needed, which was anti-Trump, um, or where he was paying the price for being so pro-Obama. Um, he now has something to call out and, and have tons of speaking points. Um, and it, it's, it's, again, elevated his opportunities to speak about what, what, he, what matters to him um, and then, more importantly, speak to what um, is, is of significant concern to him. And, and I think that you know, when you go down ticket then, you have, interestingly, again, getting inside the governor's race, you have lieutenant governor who's current lieutenant governor came in fourth in his primary for re-election. And so you're going to have a new lieutenant governor uh, that is running with the current um, governor. So it's just it's an interesting time in politics, as you well know. And yeah. uh, sometimes interesting is good and sometimes it's not. Yeah, what else are you looking at politically? Well, same as same as Congress. There's going to be all the down-ticket races. You have, um, you know, historic majorities in the Senate and in the House in Pennsylvania. For the Republicans. For the Republicans, both. And you also, then on the other side, it, it just goes to a, the redistricting commentary, which we can go down that path if we want. But you have um, all three row offices and the governor's office being Democrat. So you have historic majorities in the House and the Senate, and you have unprecedented um, control of the three row offices plus the governor's office by Democrats. And, and, and does that change on the legislative side in November at all or, or uh, in the next couple of years? What's your... I, I, I know that the, the caucuses and, and more importantly the campaigns committees themselves are very concerned. And, and obviously you have, to, you have to expect it'll come back to center a little bit. You have... Currently, 33 Republicans, 16 Democrats, which the with the uh, the Wagner seat is the vacant one because it was 34, 16. Um, you know, the Republicans are worried about some of their um, senators that are in this uh, the suburbs of, of Philadelphia. Uh, you know, the more progressive counties in the in the Commonwealth, who have trended Republican uh, more recently than than uh, than not, but now they're coming back to being Democrat. Um, and there's some. There's some very good Republican uh, incumbents there that are worried, and they, you know, to, to the, my comment earlier, um, they haven't done anything to be voted out for, other than being a Republican, and that's unfortunate because they've, they've voted their constituencies, and and uh, having worked with a lot of them, they're they're good guys, mm -hmm. um, and it'd be unfortunate that they have to pay the uh, the Trump price, if you will. Yeah, but we've seen, look, we've seen in in lots of other states. On a down ballot basis, everything from the school board to dog catcher. I mean, people are getting um, getting voted out, and it doesn't seem like we're trending in any different direction for November. Right. Um, it's good news for the Democrats, I believe. Well, and it is, except when you have primaries and some of the incumbent Democrats are losing to those that are to the left of them. Fair enough. And you have some Republicans that are losing to candidates that are to the right of them. And again, that's that's not atypical. It's no. not Pennsylvania specific. That's happening nationally. No, that's because 
of who shows up to vote in primaries. Yeah. And um, that's a national trend. It's why an Elizabeth Warren Massachusetts senator has so much power because she drives people out to the polls in, in primary. She doesn't play well in a general when more people vote and more middle-of-the-road people vote. But a Liz Warren drives people to the polls in, in primaries, and it's it's a symptom of where we are politically, and it's it's certainly not abating anytime soon. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, you mentioned, Jim, the 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 divergence between the row offices and the governorship in, in Harrisburg versus the legislature. So how's that playing out day to day? You're walking those halls every day. Yeah. How's it, how are things getting done? Well, um, are things getting done? They are at times. Um, you have some successful endeavors with respect to educational funding being increased for the governor, which, which candidly helps the Republicans as well during election time. Um, you had 2016 medical marijuana being passed in Pennsylvania. Um, obviously, that is something the governor's campaigning on because it's a health care issue um, and it's a um, access to medicine type of issue. Um, so it's, it's interesting. People complain about what has Wolf really done, um, those that are trying to question and, and identify an opportunity for, for a change. Um, you know, again, with historic majorities in, in both the House and the Senate, it's tough to get stuff done. And he's he's navigated that, I think, fairly well. You have leadership in both the House and in the Senate that are both um, pragmatic. Um, you know, there are some ideologues, but most of them are willing to negotiate, have gotten some things that they've been um, working on and trying to get. But I think the governor has done, from, from a policy perspective, he's gotten some things uh, that he's wanted. Now, his number one issue that he campaigned on in 2014, if that was the year, correct, um, is that he wanted to get a severance tax, and that severance tax was going to pay for maybe education funding. He's, he's altered it, what that, that money would be uh, be used for, and he's been unsuccessful with that. And that's, that's a testament to the business community, Pennsylvania Chamber, the Marcel Shale Coalition, but uh, I guess more importantly, the Republicans in the House and the Senate who don't believe a tax on, a, uh, on an emerging and growing industry is, is what we need right now. Mm -hmm. so we could debate that for, for many, many hours as well. Right. So what, what is, from an issue perspective, what's top of mind for, for folks in Harrisburg these days? Well, globally, property taxes are, um, there's been a lot of infighting, if you will, even between the Republicans and the Democrats about um, trying to trans transfer some of the responsibilities of property taxes off of the taxpayer, the property tax holder. And by that, it's a question of, um, you know, people not being able to pay their taxes anymore that have lived in a house for 60, 70 years. And so should there be an increase in the personal income tax? Should there be an increase in the sales tax? Should there be sales tax exemptions that are lifted? Because how do you pay for a shift in property taxes that are uh, managed or handled at the, at the local level between a school district, a county, and the local municipality? Anytime the state cuts or eliminates potential funding for education, that tax burden then shifts to the districts that have to increase their tax base in whatever capacity that they're allowed to. So I would say property taxes, and there's been a lot of disagreement, again, within party about how to make that happen. Do we, do we again, eliminate property taxes wholly and, and shift the burden elsewhere? Mm -hmm. But 
you know, in, in recent days, as I'm sure you're well aware, the Pennsylvania Attorney General came out with a, the grand jury report about the Catholic Church. There's been some legislative movement, um, or lack of movement is probably a better way to put it, about the the exposure that Catholic the Catholic Church and the individuals involved in some of these, um, these crimes uh, from a civil perspective, uh, because a lot of the crimes were committed with younger individuals that weren't willing to share that story publicly, and now that they are, the statute of limitations has passed. So it'll be interesting. The House the House and the Senate come back in September. It'll be interesting to see if they're willing to take on such a sensitive issue um, at a time when they are up for re-election, mm-hmm. all 203 House members and, and half of the Senate, so 25 senators. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and what what do you think is, is top of mind for... For, for voters in terms of um, issues. I mean, obviously, Pennsylvania, as I've come to appreciate, is it's, it's a big, first of all, it's a big state. Um, the east and the west and the, the central, it's like three different states. Um, Steelers and the Eagles, you got that whole thing going on, the Flyers and the Penguins. But um, what are, what what's on people's minds across the state, do you think? Well, I'd have to say controlling spending in government has always been a concern. It's been a growing concern in Pennsylvania, especially anytime you then consider raising taxes, which I think will be at the top of the list in 2019 if the governor is reelected. It will be either an increase in the personal income tax, an increase in the sales tax, um, I think it'll probably be the former rather than the latter. Um, the other options would be getting rid of some of the sales tax exemptions that currently exist. Um, so controlling state spending will be a priority, and that will, I think, drive a lot of people to the polls because they're of a, of a concern with a potential tax and spend um, mandate that would be that would result from Democrats with a strong showing. Um, but Honestly, I, I think a lot of the national stories have translated down to motivating the bases um, in Pennsylvania, whether it's collusion or Russia or, yeah. or any of the, the, the sexy stories that you're seeing. It's, it's, it's elevated the frustration people have with government, um, people that are supportive of, of Donald Trump, and the Republicans are frustrated that there's such a groundswell of, of anti-Trump momentum. That'll motivate them to come out. And then conversely, people that feel like they've been wronged in the 2016 election will be come out to um, ensure that it possibly doesn't happen again. Yeah. Well, I mean, my view from from the Washington perspective is that, look, you've got um, high negatives for Trump on the one hand. You've got a good economy um, working for Trump on the other hand. But then... uh, You've got trade, immigration, and healthcare, mm-hmm. and that those issues are kind of proxy issues for for the economy, and those issues certainly um, certainly trade and um, healthcare are important issues in in this state. Um, lots of meds and eds, both in Philadelphia and in Pittsburgh, mm-hmm. and obviously. The, the aluminum and steel tariffs have had a dramatic impact on um, steel companies in Pennsylvania. You've got record earnings for for the steel industry right now. So it's 
I mean, there are, I think healthcare motivates folks on the Democratic side of the aisle. I think the, the tariffs, um, by and large, work in favor of, of Trump on, you know, uh, and the Republicans on, on that side of the aisle. It's, I think you've really got to go down. My own view is you really have to go down and look at how those issues are playing out for folks on a, on a micro level in order to, yeah. to handicap things for, for the fall. And outside of the two areas you've mentioned, um, geographically speaking, Pittsburgh and, and Philadelphia, with the exception of maybe the central PA area, Harrisburg, Hershey, York, trade, um, healthcare haven't really, uh, there hasn't been any sort of, you've read the stories, but there hasn't been any sort of impact in the other parts of the state. But immigration, even though we haven't seen any impacts, it's still a very sensitive topic, mm-hmm. especially in rural parts, and especially when you then see stories, sanctuary cities, and then crime happening in sanctuary cities, and what just happened in Iowa. It really motivates people um, to either embolden their position in uh, in a candidate or in a party that feels one way about that topic, yeah. or um, sometimes question other people who have sided with the Democrats who then see it and say, I don't agree with that. Yeah. Um, so you I, think trade is more of an issue, I mean, immigration rather is more of an issue here politically than maybe I was. I think in the in the areas outside of the populated areas, uh-huh. yeah. Uh, again. Well, it's an it's, economic issue. Right. It's an economic issue. I, I think it, steel is the perfect example on trade and the Pittsburgh impact. U.S. Steel, their stock price, their their impact, the product in the market, um, you know, pipelines being built in Pennsylvania for Marcellus Shale products being, being passed or shipped. Um, you know, and those jobs that are created as a result of that, you're seeing U.S. steel being put into the ground more often with those pipes. And prior to that, it was steel from Russia and, and other countries. Um, I think that's being noticed. Yeah. And I don't know how much that plays out at the polls. But, um, you know, there has been some significant positive impact with some of those trade decisions um, in the regions that, again, you would have to think, too, Allegheny County, Pittsburgh, and Philadelphia – they trend to Democrat more. And I, then when you look at Luzerne County uh, and Lackawanna County, northeastern Pennsylvania, Trump overperformed, well overperformed what I think he expected to in those counties, um, in Luzerne County specifically, because even though there's a high Democrat and union population, it was jobs. So it will be interesting to see what direction, um, you know, if, if Trump was on the ballot, um, I think, I don't know what direction that would go in. It'll be it'll be interesting to see how down ballot um, effects there are in the midterm. Good. Well, it's been a great discussion. Uh, one of uh, many, hopefully, we'll have in the run up to to November. We're going to get folks from all of our different practices around the country to to come on and and talk about uh, what they're seeing locally on a political level and and on an issue level and. Uh, Jim, thanks for the time today and look forward to talking more in the future. Thank you, Howard.